हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट थ्री कॉन्स्टेक्चुअल डायमेंशंस ऑफ डेमोक्रेटिक डिसेंट्रलाइजेशन सोशल इकोनॉमिक एंड जोग्राफिकल एंड आवर सब टॉपिक इज असेसिंग सिविल सोसाइटी एक्टिविज्म these are healthy linkages between the nuclear family at one extreme and the state at the other this means civil society is of the paramount importance for the democratization process at the same time however as clearly noted by a number of observers civil society can have its own problems and negative consequences for democracy examples of these are excessive particularism separatism ethnic strife pressure exerted by the state to conform its own policies to those of voluntary organizations consolidations or alignment of existing elites within the voluntary sector thereby limiting the political impact of the latter indeed in the face of these and similar hurdles in many third world countries the road to a mature democracy is still full of uncertainties one should be also aware of the fact that the democratization processes can take different forms following diverse historical traditions and form different functions for different configurations of interest finally it is worth noting that the form and the content of democracy cannot be determined abstractly beforehand the attempt in this amendment is to intervene proactively and reverse the negative historical trends since one is encouraged by the fact that the local self government is in fact rooted in indigenous culture in india and thrived as a formal institution during the ancient historical period before the inter gyam in the medieval age when administration was highly centralized till the present time when much emphasis is again being put on their empowerment the continuum was impeded during the medieval and the british time before the british decided to reinvent local governance in india though as per british tenets now let us move to the next point geographical context of democratic decentralization the un definition of the term focuses upon the geographic dimension to highlight the centrality of popular participation in the 1960s it is noted that the effectiveness of any decentralization scheme especially from the point of view of participation and democracy depends on a proper mix of different degrees of both processes 
Parker notes that a successful program of decentralization will need to include the right combination of the political, fiscal and institutional elements. Now let us move to the point reliance on the geographical regions is another dimension. The greater advantage is that it is well recognized administrative unit or boundary offers an established frame of reference for the functioning of the different sector activities. The administrative units concerning them and the institutional structure which goes with them where scientifically one may think of homogeneous reason like water resources, forest resources, the mineral resources, one may also and more practicably have to think of the simple methods of bringing about inter-regional decentralized planning. This does not imply that the resource regions are to be ignored in the process. It is possible to synthesize them with a good decentralized planning setup where a district is found to be too large or where it is found to distort the urban rural mix of population that is to be served by development programs. Bifurcating such a district into two can be desirable. One of the interesting example is from Karnataka where two districts were created like Bangalore district for national purposes by the planning department. But later it was accepted on administrative grounds also. Some have argued that the division may be taken as the level next to the state for decentralized planning. Some of the advantage claimed for the district as the unit is there for the division also. It appears that a division is more suited in some states. One way is to allow the states to choose whatever they feel is more convenient, division or district. Removing imbalances is yet another important aspect. The approach has to take note of the characteristics of a region. The sub-regions in the districts are to be studied for developing the strategies for correcting any intra-district imbalances must be emphasized that decentralized planning has to be a great extent depending upon the regions which are in some way or the other already carved instead of trying to do the exercise de novo in the first phase. Another major but highly neglected issues is of rural-urban integration. Somehow so far even while using district planning as synonymous with the decentralized planning the district plans are conceived as ruler plans only. With the introduction of IRDP and other area-oriented schemes, the need to integrate the ruler activities particularly with the small and the medium towns has become 
a crucial issue. The small and medium towns has become have to function as focal points for certain activities and for providing certain amenities including the marketing facility or the banking services. In this context, the working group on district on district planning has recommended that the towns with a population of less than 10,000 should be treated as an integral part of the district for the purposes of overall planning and implementation of development programs in the district. On the contrary, there are bigger towns with a higher incidence of poverty and unemployment. These are implications for state level planning in view of a series of activities like warehousing, dairy, agricultural research, agricultural implementation, industrial development, electricity generation and distribution, road transport which are implemented by certain autonomous bodies or other line departments or boards. There are also major plan schemes of the state sector which are to be kept located in one or more districts. There can be the state as a whole as a unit of planning although the location of some of activities do fall within the district some of them being of infrastructural nature and others of the nature of end products. The decentralized planning at the district will be incomplete if all these development programs that are to take place within the district are not integrated with the other schemes of the district. This is all the more important when some of these activities provide the much needed linkages supplying even infrastructure. The endeavor should be to develop suitable integrating mechanism for bringing all these within the ambit of the decentralized planning at the district level. As per the present arrangement, the extent of geographical area covered by each tier of the local governance is quite substantial. There is the village panchayat at the village level, block panchayat for 100 villages and a district council for a district comprising about 1000 villages. The urban local bodies are of three grades, municipal corporations for cities with a population of more than 0.3 million, municipal councils for towns similar than this and Nagar Panchayas for villages in transition to becoming towns. Now let us wind up the session and take rest. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.